so there's this journey that I reckon all coaches have to go through in the early stages of their coaching career. And it's really this period where you're sort of deep into a particular training methodology or perhaps following a particular person. And you're just all in on the thing. And it's it's kind of all-consuming and you become so immersed in this thing because it's it's there's so much happening there's so much input at that time and you're kind of like a sponge and whatever this thing is that you're on it's like just you're mainlining it like it's so exciting and it's kind of your world now some coaches will only go through this for a short period some will go in there and never leave there um and i had this experience today paulie and i chatting about that it was for me it was being in the movement thing and I don't want to paint this as a, as a negative thing necessarily because it's most definitely not. However, there are negative aspects to it. And so today we're talking about what that journey was like for me and the learnings that I was able to gain once I stepped out of that place. I hope you enjoy the chat. Let's go. brother every every week or so you know they got a, a brother a third one oh in, he lives in gladesville i don't think i know that danny did he ever come back here danny danny much oh. less of an accent than them i think he's been here longer how did you make the connection uh they would always talk about him because he's a jiu-jitsu guy and they they um oh. they'd always talk about how he loves bulletproof and yep. um listens yep. to the podcast and stuff and then i was at bunnings one one weekend as I am most weekends. You saw you were in aisle 23 and saw the years. That's right. I'm looking at, you know, chainsaw oil. <laughs> and uh, some guy, can't, you joy from the podcast. I love it. I love it. I'm Mikey and Tommy's brother. I was like, oh, holy shit. It's you. <laughs> and then now that, that same cafe where the guys aren't particularly friendly and I always see Robbie Volpato and Joel oh, Hardacre, yeah, 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 yeah. That same cafe, he goes in there. He rocks up and he's like, no gear gear. Like rashy and shorts, like no shoes, like <laughs> just kind of flexing a little bit to That's order his so coffee. Funny. Yeah, where does he train around there? There's an SJJA in Gladesville. Okay, yeah, which is um, you know that kind of one of the one of the newer franchises in the yep. area. Yep. Nice gym. I've been there. A couple. Of, you remember? Um, I don't know if you remember. Sam, Big Sam, used to train with us. Animal trained in the mornings. Came, drove out from ride. Fuck. Jacked dude. Just loved the hard work. Like the kind of guy that's just grinding in his garage all the time, weighted vests and fucking yeah. heavy barbells. He came, he used to train with us at the old gym. Oh, okay. And um, yeah, he trains jits there and so does a couple guys from Hunters Hill. Oh, cool. wow. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, bro, that's the Glades will connect. Anyway, it's fucking awesome to see Mikey and Tommy back in the gym. Isn't it? It is so is. It's like... Um, Oh, you forget about how, how uh, kind of you forget about those relationships that you've had mm. because when you've run a gym for long enough, you have you've, you've seen so many come and go. Yeah, and then when one of them pops back in, you're like, oh man, we had a whole chapter together. That's right. And with them, and the the two Irish boys, they had their partners training here too, and their mum, who was just a fucking ledge. Yeah. 
Vera? Vera Cully. That was her name, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was, she's still going, as in still active, as they said. She's just, she's a light, isn't she? She's just one of those ladies. Just sharp. Yeah. Fit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like never. She's a matriarch for sure. Yeah. She goes around, she's, yeah, mate, this, it's great to see them. Um, there's a few other faces as well that you might have seen crossing in through the nights and the mornings. It's been really good to have those old members back. Yeah. Yeah, it, um, I mean, that idea that you, you did a campaign, right? That, yeah. That sort of targeted them. But, yeah, I'm guessing it makes you think, like, fuck, why wasn't I doing this? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Hey, um, I thought today we could have a little chat around being in a training dogma and being – basically when you get stuck in a world of training that you – can only see it and you close off to everything else and i was kind of thinking about my journey with movement mm-hmm. and i've been looking at some other friends <clears throat> over time who i also knew from that world mm. some who have found their way out of it and have expressed the same kind of sentiment of like thinking that that was everything and now realizing that it totally wasn't yeah and i just thought it'd be an interesting conversation to kind of you know it sort of goes to that specialist generalist thing that we've spoken about many times before but i think like from a coach's perspective it's it's just a a cautionary tale almost yeah um i remember when i went to uh when i attended the first edo portal workshop that i that you know that i ever went to the first one for me it was in melbourne it was two workshops back to back he did a movement x which was a saturday sunday and then an upper body strength, which was Monday, Tuesday. <laughs> and it was at this CrossFit gym and I... You thought you were the shit. Bro, I was the fucking shit. You're like, yeah, they call us, I do Kelly. Yeah, fucking... Down at Bondi. That's right. Bars. Yeah, I was in the group of the guys that had the muscle up, which then it was like, you're a black belt. Like, oh, <laughs> we're going to split the room into people that have muscle up, people that don't. And then you're like, stroll into the group of a few dudes. And you're like, yeah, we've got muscle ups. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, right? Looking back. Little did you know. Elite. Well, no, but just that, like, I mean, whatever, yeah, it's all in your own head, but that kind of was elite to a degree then because no one was doing it. Yeah, to, to status quo it was. Yeah, whereas now it, it's, it's just another movement. It's like a chin-up, yeah. you know. In our, in, our cor- in our side of the industry and stuff because yeah. it, is, it is fucking elite for a, still a huge part. But, yeah, I know, true. You, I know what you mean. But, um. You know, so that was like early on in the Jungle Brothers journey, right? Like yep. we were, you know, we had the gym in uh, the old one in Banks Meadow and, um, you know, my training, whatever. I was trying to trying to think what I was doing. I was probably doing more kind of CrossFit style stuff. You're in CrossFit, you had kettlebells and you're doing jiu-jitsu. That's right. And you had those KBs in your back, you know, uh, that little car park at the back of your place in Bondi. Yep. Uh, and then you had the mats on the skate ramp and... You, you were blending those two. Fuck, I remember doing some kettlebell workouts with you and dying. And I had like, I just remember not using a lot of weight and then seeing you, I think it was posting. Was it, it was either, I don't know. Yeah, I guess we were on social. Of course we were on social media. It's probably more like uh, Facebook then. Um, and then you posting this fucking like ladder or something that you did. It was short, hard and fast with kettlebells. And it was like with 24 kilos in each hand. And I was just like, how the fuck? Like, yeah, you were really conditioned then. And yeah, I was. Yes. Yeah. 
I mean, kind of, yeah, not a lot of technique. <laughs> just Brute doing strength. It. That's right. Yeah, so you're doing that and then, yeah, movement, movement, then movement, full stop. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, we were doing that, like the, the animal patterns and stuff, and, you know, that had kind of come from the jits world. Uh, we were yes. doing a lot of that, yep. like in warm-ups and stuff. Yep. Um, and sort of park workouts and whatever. But then, you know, yeah, so when the, the Edo workshop came, I was like, fuck yeah, booked a ticket to Melbourne, booked the thing, went down there not, uh, not knowing anyone that was attending it and just had the most epic week, like weekend and it was like f- four days. Yeah. Stayed with Laugh and Barnaby at their place. Oh. But it was, it, I don't know, it was kind of, it was the first time I'd sort of travelled, um, I don't know, professionally in a sense. Yes. Like how I'm going to go yep. to another city and go and attend this thing that's, you know, for my profession and um, just be immersed in that. I didn't, I didn't have to, I didn't have anything else on besides attending that event and being in a new city, which was, oh, it was so cool. Had you left the film industry? I believe so. Yeah, it was just around that time. It was pretty fresh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah wicked. Um, but anyway, I remember that that, and it, it was, you know, I've spoken about that before. That was an a hugely impactful four days for me in terms of like some of the things that I learned, but also more the perspectives that I came away with and those sort of shifts. Totally. Um, And so I remember then that that was really the beginning of me going balls deep into the movement thing and just being like, this is it. This is where it's at. And just like handstands, front levers, planche, it's all that matters you know like pattern yeah yeah like emotion all that games yeah and i remember you know some of the workouts that i would program at the old gym as a direct result out of from that workshop yep some good ones some shit ones i remember getting people to do like a 20 minute amrap of like front like 20 second front lever 20 second back lever and then a sprint Oh, and people just being like, I can't do this. <laughs> and I'm like, keep going. <laughs> like, like, and just, the revelation is on the other side. Yeah. Just being oblivious to that. Like, that's actually a shit workout. Like the people don't need to do it like that. For most people. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even if you're good at it, like, yep. you know, you know, for the listeners, try, put a superset of sprint with your like straight arm isometric holds. If you'll, you'll be, you'll be shit at it. all of it. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it really shifted things. And then, you know, whatever, like my, I don't know, probably the next few years, it was all about that. And mm. it was, I think I did 12 months of sort of my own training. And then I committed to online coaching with Edo mm-hmm. and did that thing for, I don't know, a year or something. Buried in it. Buried in it. And it was just, it was everything, you know. Um, and then you're in it, right? You got friends that are in it. You go to the movement camp. Then all of a sudden, hey, hanging out with everyone i remember being at the first movement camp and being like in my first movement camp being in like a whatever they split it up into four groups and i was just with a you know group some cool cats yeah i made some good connections there and you know you finish movement camp and you're in thailand so going and hanging out i think i went and met up with my sister in cambodia she was living there at the time that's right but just like i got to train every day training every day like because you, you have to yep you know and then come back and it's like training is the most important thing and we would we would get i would get together with the other aussies 
who were because we're, there's only a few of us, but we're all and we're all spread around. Few in Melbourne, few in WA, um, few here in Sydney, Newcastle, whatnot. Rod Cooper, you know the crew. We get together and we train, and it'd be like, hey, so and so's coming into town. Let's all get together, and it would be about food and black coffee and training. Mm. Awesome, awesome times. Awesome, but you're in this world, mm-hmm. and I remember it like so clearly where training is the most important thing and anyone who doesn't see that is an outsider and almost is to be ridiculed you know and there's you know you hear oh have you seen this guy have you seen the it's low quality handstand they're not they don't know what it is they're not doing the work you know you become really judgmental and you're like you're in this thing you're like but we know because we're the fucking elite squad fucking oath yeah cringy yeah, in, okay. in in many ways, like the the elitism <clears> that comes, and I'm not saying that that's you know like they're all lovely people that I was yeah yeah yeah, with. yeah yeah yeah. I'm just kind of trying to point at how that can evolve. Yeah, well, why don't we talk about uh, the yeah the topic like being in a dogma because I I do see uh, pros and cons. Like there's obvious cons, and the kind of way that we're framing it is a little bit towards bias towards like the the cons, but there are pros to it. I think you'd agree because at a time you've gone and studied intensely something and when you're studying intensely on something and to be intense you've really got to cast away everything else um so you know i think you'd agree that was probably and you said in a professional kind of way that was that was like a degree where you were focused in on something specific and you went in on all the small details you studied it you shared it with others, you practiced it and you learnt by embodying it, etc. And probably some of the, you know, the, the first lessons and some of the best lessons that you've ever had during that, that kind of pressure cooker. Spot on. Absolutely. Absolutamente. Si. Si. <laughs> you see, been watching the Beckham docker? Uh, yeah, I've watched a couple of them. And they ask Simeone. <laughs> oh, yeah, say, yeah, yeah. Like, right. Do you think yeah. you deserve the red card? <laughs> Absolutamente no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah, bang on. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and that's right. And I'm not trying to discredit any of the any of the good stuff. Yeah. Um, I guess is there? Can it happen without that? Can you be that immersed and the the learning that rich, but you also not chugging the Kool Aid to such an extent? Uh, that's a really tough question. That's really tough. And I guess the, there's probably not a clear yes or no answer here. Because I see the benefit in, in it. And obviously I didn't – I'm not biased because I haven't done it that way. But I do, especially in the JB's model, I do have come to really see how when you're trying to chase everything – and be well-rounded, like there's definitely a call for focusing on things in different chunks of time. Um, but I guess we're talking about, we, like we're, we're talking about more of the negative aspects that can happen at the end of, at, you know, at the, at the yeah, the, the shitty parts of when you're really, when you're really going in on something and forgetting a lot of other things and, and almost damning them. That's right. You're discrediting them. Yeah, discrediting or not even seeing them. Because you're so 
your blinkers are on and yeah. Yeah, especially like yeah. Yeah, tough one. What so yeah, what do you think? Well, yeah, it was it was great for me, right? Learned a huge amount and just and gained so much experience and knowledge as a result of it. And you know, made some great friends and stuff and and that whole thing. But I feel that most of the benefit, like a lot of the benefit has only come from stepping away from it because that has enabled me to like to zoom out and see things more for what they are. Mm. So, you know, the, the technical staff and the drills and some of those perspectives and the coaching uh, inspirations and the, you know, the nitty gritty stuff that you get when you're in there is, is epic. But you also kind of divorce yourself from like the everyday person when you're in there. Like you start to adopt perspectives of, you know, like you almost can't, in the way that I couldn't see why front levers, back levers and this like superset with a sprint wouldn't be a great workout for the general humans that were coming to our gym. Yeah. You kind of start to lose touch with what, what, the, what regular people need and are experiencing in their life yeah it's well that because like we're using the example of movement and we should probably try and make this discussion using a different example of something but just on the the movement thing it's really funny because you got they're like it depends on what end you're trying to achieve you know and where you want to end up like so yeah if you want to actually learn stuff to go away and help the general public then yeah, it makes sense to that you need to try and keep a broader perspective, keep it all in context. Whereas with the movement game, a lot of people are just trying to become like movement philosophers where, you know, and philosophers just kind of are trying to think deeply about it, you know, and practice it. And and I don't know, I think there's, yeah, they're not, they're not, they have to stay in that mindset to be able to explore deeply enough. In, in a way does that make sense yeah because you you're trying to be as subjective about it as possible to try and be investigative and find answers outside of the status quo so yeah anyway it's weird with that but like if you come back to a different thing like say bjj yeah uh getting caught up in that dogma can we like describe like the pros and cons there because that's a that's a, is that a dogma that you you think is relevant for the conversation or is that too yeah. much just one thing? It's not trying to be holistic. No. But you can but, still But I don't think any of them are, right? Like, like I think there's... Movements like, like this is life. Well... All you need is this. Yeah, but I think jiu-jitsu sells the same thing. You know, it's like that hashtag, jiu-jitsu saved my life. It's every uh, day yeah, and it's yeah. like, just be on the mats. Like, be on the mats. Can be that way, like, hey? You know, cry, you will dissolve your ego and just, you know... Yeah. You know, and it's like, nah, like there's heaps of downsides to it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like pe- like it's weird. You want to wear these funny pajamas and like roll around with other people. Like you're thinking that that's the center of the universe. It's actually quite an odd thing to partake in. I fucking love it. You love it. You know, when like we're saying this, you know, with a hint of irony, but the reality is like, or, you know, you play cricket and you're like, fuck, it's all about cricket, mate. Fucking, you know. Aussies are playing this weekend. You see that game, India? You know, 
got my like I think I think dogmas exist in all of those fields. Yeah, yeah. And yep. so you choose in a way. Yep. And you're involved like you choose your involvement. And so, you know, whatever. If you're just a fan of cricket, hey, I like watching a bit of cricket, no big deal. But mm. if you're like my kids all have the uniforms. We go to the games every weekend. <laughs> I watch, you know, I play. Yep. My kids play. Then you be like, oh, maybe you're a little bit too far on the inside, perhaps. Yeah. Like jujitsu does that, right? You're like, your body can be injured. You can be having uh, exposure to toxic relationships at jujitsu. People that are like, you actually have, be- like, it's not, things are not going great right now with that person at training or relationship's not good with your coach, yet you're there every day all mm. the time you wake mm. up you kind of dread going to training you still go to training mm. arguably when you, when it's at that point that's kind of the equivalent of man my wrists are so sore i don't know if i can do my third hand balancing session today mm. Mm. but yep. but master said i must so i must yes you yep. know and so i think that yeah i think the dogma exists everywhere again it's not net bad because there's so much good stuff that comes from it yeah but i I do think that when I when I stepped away from it, I gained all of this extra perspective. Yes, and yeah, yeah, you know, which was which was not to replace all the cool stuff I gained. It was just new stuff. It's like, yep. oh, actually, I can see this thing for what it was. Yeah, you know, and it's great. It's awesome for all these reasons. And then the, all this shit here, you don't need any of that. Yeah, like, yeah, because you're probably feeling some. <laughs> yeah, well, there would have been some pressure in there. And probably some parts of it weren't as enjoy weren't enjoyable, but now you can see the you know you can see it in a lighter sense and enjoy bits of it when you dip your toe in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And because uh, <clears throat> I think you, I think it becomes like I think all of those things can become restrictive because all of a sudden you're so you're so into it that you are sort of measuring yourself against other people that are in it, mm. and it's very like you're very rarely going to be the person at the top, right? Mm. You're never going to be good enough. And so if you, if you go to that place in your mind, then you're constantly like, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough. Oh, I can't, I can do that, but I can't do that. Fuck, I can't do that. I can't do one arm chin up. Fuck, I've got to get that. I'm nothing till I get that. Yeah. Like, so what? I can do a hand. doesn't mean shit, I can't do a one arm handstand. I've got to get, you know? And so all of a sudden you start to become really self-critical. Now, arguably that's characteristic of you chasing something. Like it's yeah. good to be self-critical. Yes. You know, you got to stay hungry. But there's also a point where it's like, no, nah, hang on. You, like, you're actually doing really amazing stuff. Like, here's a good example of where there's a toxicity specifically within that thing. Good friend of mine at the time who was very in the culture, very close to the big, bo- the big boss, and, you know, was one of the most elite movement people in the world. Was here in Sydney, and I asked, can you teach could you come and teach a handstand workshop at the gym? We're doing some handstands. This girl was elite. And I said, can you come and teach some handstands? Like, would you, I'll just put it out to the members. Man, I'm fucking sure we get like whatever, a bunch of people. She said, yeah, I'd love to. I just got to okay it with the big boss. And then she came back to me the next week, said, can't do it. Big boss said, no. <laughs> big boss said, I can only do it if it's being taught, if I'm running it on behalf of the brand and the brand isn't interested in doing a workshop here for handstands. Sure. And I was like, wow, what is that? Like, how's that? Like, you're one of the most, like, you got this skill set and there's people here at my gym that would love to just pay you some cash to learn it. Like, how cool would that be? Mm. Um, And you're not allowed to. 
you know? And I was like, that's like that, you know, is kind of just, that's emblematic of the toxicity that can occur. In a community. Yeah. Yeah, within a dogma. You know, whereas I'm sure that person who's now no longer in that realm. Yep. Probably done some awesome handstand workshops. Uh, where's the names, like? Probably, yeah. <laughs> probably can blow it up. Dylan Butcher. Dylan. <laughs> can probably sub deals. Can probably freely, you know, has probably freely <laughs> like shared what what she knows and and beautiful, right? Mm. But has only come to that because she's now stepped away. Gotcha. So I just, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if other if other dogmas work to that same extent. It's, it's almost like, um, I don't know. I don't know, the closer you get to the top of a thing, the more kind of critical of yourself you are. And you know, I know that like as a jiu-jitsu black belt, I, I feel less qualified now to talk about jiu-jitsu than when I was a fucking purple belt. Wow. Yeah. What's going on there? Well, I just have a higher expectation of myself oh, gotcha. and, I, and I know what I don't know. Yes. You know, is that, is that thing, right? Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm acutely aware of what I don't know. And so in my eyes, that makes me not good enough. Whereas when I was oblivious to what I didn't know, I thought I knew everything. Mm-hmm. So I was happy to share it. I know a few of those people. In jiu-jitsu? Everywhere. What, the people who are like the earlier, like the blue belt Joey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like this is the way. Yeah, yeah, just generally uh, um, exercise-wise. So really we're talking about exercise dogmas aren't we and how you're thinking about or what community or dogma of training you're in yeah and how that can be harmful yeah so i mean i think if we're talking like if we're like getting more specific about it you know for our people we've got my backstory there yes yeah i think specifically where it becomes a problem is when you lose touch with what it is that the people that you're coaching actually need because what you want and what you need is not the same as their needs so we're coming back to um you're wanting to pass that wanting to take that learning and being able to help the regular person with it yeah because you you know you can as sorry as an individual you can do whatever dogma you want and stay in that corner yeah, yeah, that's like fine. you, that's right, you've got that. But we're talking, yeah, uh, in terms of, yeah, being able to take that and help other people. Yeah. You know, like the, you see it, you see it like with the movement thing that yep. people who, coaches are into it and they're f- like, they're fully into it and they're like, I'm training, you know, fucking twice a day, five days a week. And then they got someone at the gym that's looking at them like, oh, wow, I want to do some PT with you. And then all of a sudden that person is now following a program that's kind of the same as what the coach is doing. Yep. And it's like that dude or that person, they're not, they don't actually want to train twice a day, five days a week. Mm-hmm. They just, they admire you and they just want to get stronger and, you know, more physical and feel good and, you know, maybe learn some cool shit as well. But don't bring them in at the level you're on. Totally. Like you got to understand that they're just like, they work a full-time job. They don't train all day. You know, they got whatever other obligations that require their time and attention Mm -hmm. and i mean i know that for myself where you 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 sort of imprint your your goals onto that person yeah because when you're in the conversation and tell me this right you're the sales guy you know at the moment largely in this gym it's very easy in a conversation with someone who's come to the gym is like hey i'm interested in joining it's very easy for you to 
like you ask that person, uh, what, what are your goals? Mm-hmm. What are they going to tell? Like, what do you what do you think? Like, what do most people tell you when you ask them what their goals are? A lot of people don't know what their goals are, and it's quite confronting, right? Um, so then, that's where you kind of start to really listen closely to the words that they try to to use, but you also have to take that with a grain of salt. Like, well, they're just using words that they think describe what they want. Um, so yeah, they don't fucking know. They're they're like, oh, I just want to get a bit fit, you know. And if they don't have like an injury, um, that's the reason why they're here. Then they just want to get a bit fit, maybe lose a few kilos, if they're brave enough to tell me that but um yeah they're not really sure i just want to get back into it so if you are right and that's what i would expect right so then if you're if you're like deep in this thing and you're like nothing else matters besides handstands in the morning upper body strength training at night got straight arm tomorrow legs in the after like you know you're just so into the training thing and this person's like i don't really know like what do you think like and you're like, let me help you with your goals. <laughs> well, the, the we got, yeah, press the handstand. <laughs> yeah, we got one arm chin up, right? That's like it. you start to, you can kind of see where the where you start to bias, like you start to imprint your what you want, what you think matters onto them. Well, how's like this way of how that's really bad is, um, say you're empowered with say all of this type of training that's pretty high level and it has a philosophy behind it. And then you're like, okay, I want to help people. I'll go work at a gym. And then you get your first five clients to just overweight people. <laughs> yep. And you're like, fuck, what do I do there? And either you just give them the training that you've got and regress it and you have a really bad time. Or then worse, you decide, I just want to help people who want to do this type of training. So I'm going to kind of uh, pre-screen them by putting out for dedicated people only who have five chin-ups, five dips already, and then I'm just going to help them because that's what I believe in and that's fucking the wrongest thing out. I think I, that's, and that's so fucking stupid and I, I hate that mentality. Uh, why? Uh, well, that's just obviously my perspective on like, it, and it depends what you're putting out of it, but from a health perspective, like I just think that, we should be helping everyone, you know, if you're working in a regular gym and I just think if someone needs help and you're a coach, you should be helping them with their goals. And if that means that, you know, you need to do different training, then you got to do a different type of training. Like, I just think that's so irresponsible. Yeah. And also it's just fucking stupid. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree that like, and they can do that, of course. I'm just saying that, I don't think it's cool. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with like specializing. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, as a coach, like, oh, this is what I'm really good at teaching, and but I, 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 I think what you're getting at there is also that it's a cop out for coaches. Yeah, who are unable to see their own bias, and so they're like, oh, the person, yes. they're not motivated. They yes. don't want it enough. You're like, no, no, you're just not meeting them where they're at. Yes, and you're neglecting to understand that like you've been on this journey for a decade yes. and you're here now and they're back here you need to like 
go back to some of the things maybe you were doing that's right earlier in time that's right and try to influence them over time to get towards level 12 yeah because they can still be you know training under your kind of framework of ideas but yeah like you said they're on that level and um i guess because like my perspective when i just reflected for 20 seconds is that yeah i just think the health industry in general well there's a problem and the problem is that there's a lot of unhealthy people around in the world today and i kind of feel like that's first and foremost our responsibility so i just think that with that perspective i think that people should be helping people more broadly as well um anyway just annoys me because we had that kind of happening I've, I've seen that happen before and it's just stupid yeah it is so something like say on that on that goals piece i think that you'll see people like if people come into this gym and they see people doing handstands people working on the rings people lifting barbells stretching doing splits and shit and this is of course like they're looking at like the upper end of what goes on but that's usually what you see right you walk into a gym you see the the weapons you don't see the normal people so much like like you're always drawn towards the the elite stuff um you see the board where it's got like you know weighted pull-ups and you know back bends and all this high level shit you're probably not going to come if you've been looking at this gym and thinking about joining it and maybe you listen to the podcast and you've followed on social media and then you come in here you're not going to come in here and go oh i want to run i want to do like a 5k run in i want to hit this kind of time because you know it's not that kind of place mm. you're probably going to come in here and when it, when someone says to you what are your goals you are more than likely because we're, we're kind of all people pleasers if you don't have something specific which most people don't beyond i just want to get fitter and feel a bit better about myself mm. which isn't really a goal right in most people's minds it's not what they've it hasn't crystallized in their mind they're going to regurgitate something that your gym has already told them matters so they're going to be <laughs> like oh muscle up would be cool you know oh yeah kind of seen the handstand that looks pretty great yep i can help you with that you're like all right we've got muscle up we've got a handstand what else what else <laughs> gotta get some mobility you want splits all right let's do splits okay great thought so what about okay cool so we're gonna do five day split you know yeah and again if you have that bias you can't process that they're kind of telling you what you've told them so that you need to read between the lines and i think that's where it, it can really become a problem because again you're just sort of you're just passing on your like you're just projecting your world onto them whereas they're like man look i just want to get i just want to feel a bit better lose a bit of weight put on a bit of muscle have a good time seems like a fun place yeah, yeah. the rings look great teach me some shit yeah. And then, and, and of course, you know, hopefully for the listeners, you can see that there are two very different pathways there. You know, the, the biased pathway is like, I'm going to put this person on a program or, or a, tra a trajectory that is unsustainable for them and likely unrewarding and unenjoyable. They might like it for the novelty value for the first little while, but they're not going to be able to sustain the training load that you're prescribing. Mm. You're not going to be able to meet your standards. <clears throat> versus the other one is like okay cool well let's you know let's aim low let's go for the low hanging fruit let's get you in for a few classes per week you know a bit of lifting a bit of stretching a bit of bit of body weight stuff that's a nice combo let's just do that for a couple of months and then check back in like and I, I so for me personally i couldn't see that second avenue until i had really had a bit of a chance to reflect on 
this universe that I was so immersed in. You've definitely matured. Wisdom. It, well, it can't, kind of uh, has been uh, come with that moustache that you've grown. It's really... It's a shame the listeners can't see it. Yeah, I know. I, nothing is as divisive for me right in my life right now as people's feelings about my moustache. It was the it was the mullet once upon a time. Yeah, it was a love hate. It always love hate whenever I do shit to my hair. <laughs> well, you're a people person. People care. You're that celebrity now. That guy from the podcast. So, is maybe this is not a useful line of thinking? It's kind of thinking more holistically about health. Is a dogma as well. Tell me more. Well, what is a dogma? It's it's a it's almost like a culture. Yeah. Set of values, set of beliefs. Yep. I believe. So I guess yeah, it's a dogma as well. Like dogmas aren't necessarily bad. It's just a word to describe a set of values, set of beliefs, and maybe there's some more specific practices involved in that. But um, it is dogma as well. It's not a bad one to have. It's more of a broader view. And you can prescribe to that and say, I believe in having a broader view. That's my dogma. What do you got there? Uh, not far off. A, a principle, a dogma is a principle or set of principles laid down by an authority as incontrovertibly true. Well, I'm definitely an authority. That's right. Um. So, yeah, it's, it's like the extreme end of a set of beliefs. Gotcha. And that's why there's a negative connotation when we use incontrovertibly it. Incontrovertibly true. Like, this is everything. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny because we say this is everything, this one thing, but the one thing we're pointing to is all things. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Because what we're saying is dogma is you, you need to consider everything. You need to have a broad view. Yeah. To inform your decisions. Anyway, I guess that's why it says. That's right. You, yeah. yeah it's, uh, here. <laughs> We're all dogmatic. Yes. I think I remember someone talking to Edo about that, actually. They said, you just chose movement because that's the biggest dogma. Yeah. He's like, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's right. You cho- Yeah. So, and that's kind of what, you know, when I, when I skip to what we're doing here. You know, I would only push back on that because I would say that we don't proclaim that our belief is the. Un, is incontrovertible, okay. i.e. De- is undeniable or cannot be disputed. Got We're that. like, no, 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 it can be disputed. Dispute it with us. Sure. Like this thing evolves. And it does, right? We, we do openly embrace the evolution of our ideas here. Yes. So while we have a set of beliefs around physical development and, and um, you know, mental development or, you know, community growth. We're also like, it can change over time because yep. we're just operating off what we know now and that's going to that's gonna change over time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So there you fucking go, bro. Nah, well, f- I'm living it. Bro. So don't fucking point at me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me something different and I'll you go with it if it's true. Um, but yeah, like, I because I came in without having those... I think about my own experience without having those deep um, kind of swathes of years where I was in one dogma. I kind of came in and I was like, oh, la-di-da, this is cool, guys. I like training with you guys. 
And um, it's, I guess when I think early on, at some point, I did, I was thinking, well, you know, when you're early in your kind of building your awareness of your own physicality and the training realms and looking at the different practices and playing them, you do really, like there's so many light bulb moments and paradigm shifts and at any one little micro moment of months or half a year, yeah, you're really applying one dogma and embodying it a bit to learn from it. But I didn't do, I didn't like go balls deep in, I have never gone balls deep in any one thing. That's right, bro. You haven't fucking, <laughs> I haven't, you haven't been to the movement deep waters. The movement gagouge. <laughs> I never went there. Yeah, but um, what you, what's that? What's well, great? I, I, it was great. I, you know, I. I mean, you're one of them, right? You're one of the wannabe movement guys. Yeah, that's that's what we call you guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like a sometimes. Yeah, maybe I will. But you maybe <laughs> you know like and again, pros and cons to that, right? But yeah, you're, yeah. But yeah, it's like I I I've, I have the advantage of having that perspective because I was shown that perspective from kind of day one, which is really nice for me. But now and as i said at the very beginning um i now if i'm um if someone wants to train like me or you know i have lots of people in the gym here and they're like fuck man you do everything and you do it to a pretty good level if i'm like trying to if i've reflected on it and i'm helping people i've kind of changed my way of thinking more like i i had it i felt like i did it really tough because I was trying to do everything all at the same time and I didn't really get the satisfaction of many wins until much later. That's how I found it for myself. I remember doing and I started training with you guys and then I was coaching here like at a point where I was fine, proficient enough to be a coach, um, but I hadn't owned all the stimulus that we were teaching and my training program for three years was whatever was next in the next phase right because i don't want to stand up there and not know what the fuck i'm doing yeah so while they were training i was like getting to know it better feeling it you know where the where the where the sticking points were and you know the common weak points and stuff so i was like there and i just remember just doing it all and i was having fun but i didn't know i didn't really experience specific wins in any linear way I just fucking, one day I was like, oh shit, I'm resting here in a squat. Whereas when I started, I couldn't touch my toes. Mm. Um, and then, you know, I'd go away from the barbell then I'd come back after not snatching for ages and going, fuck, I can do overhead squats where I literally couldn't do overhead squats before. It was just like the most, it was like the barbell was a hundred kilos every time because my, my back was in a position, you know? So anyway, I, I appreciate uh, like when trying to achieve lot, you know, that well-roundedness, an idea of focusing for different periods of time on something a specific a specific thing. part. So if you're trying to do five things, well, let's look at what you've got, and you know, if you want to get there, and what you've got, and what time you've got in your lifestyle. Maybe you can only do three sessions. I think that this is a good pathway. Is just just stick with this. And we know the end goal's there, but we know that this is probably going to work better if you do two parts this, one part that. Yep. Out of your two sessions, one session. And let's kind of get this type of proficiency, build this base, and then add this on later. And I always think of that, like for, say, jujitsu. 
um, as opposed to like training on the gym floor here, like doing one part lift, one part body weight, one part one session jujitsu. Don't know if that's the best way to go. If that's if you want to get there the quickest way. Right? Yeah, if you're actually looking to become really proficient in one of those areas. Yeah, it's like man, spend six months down here. Yeah. And do two lifts, one body weight, or two body weight, one lift. What works for your schedule? What do you enjoy? Yeah. You're going to get stronger mobile in any one of these disciplines. Um, dip your toes into the jits after six months and, and get going with there and see where you're at. Back off the other stuff. Yeah. So I guess it's just something I thought I'd point out. It's like uh, on the other side of being the opposite to dogmatic and being well-rounded, there's still a case for focusing at different periods on different things but w- but with that wider perspective yeah agree yeah good spot to wrap it yeah thanks bro all right cheers guys catch you on the next one cheers joey